0: Welcome to the Wind daily podcast it's Sunday it's July 21st I am Jason Mizrahi and we got Mark Paquette Mark how are you doing today I am well
1: how are you doing today Jason
0: pretty good so we have the Sunday slate and Sentence Sunday let's switch it up on you know our our listeners who's been with us pretty much since day one it's been growing um, a lot of new things are coming for NFL so I'm super excited about that um, our user base is growing our team is growing Adding guys who we now have three uh, members of our staff who've either qualified for our FanDuel or DraftKings um, championship qualifier. You know that's coming up, so we're going to be rooting for them. Uh, I know I'm going to try to grab an extra ticket or a ticket, um, so we can we can party together and hang out together at the either the the FanDuel event or the DraftKings event. So you know we're going to try to switch it up today. We usually do a game by game breakdown. But, you know, I was talking to Mark, and we're going to try to switch it up and see if we can pull off uh, a player-by-player, position-by-position breakdown of these games just to, you know, give you a different look inside our minds on how we break out our lineup. So, you know, we got to start with pitching. You know, pitching is the most important spot of your lineup, especially for cash, especially for GPPs. He should be your highest scorer of the slate. Yeah, if somebody goes out there and hits three home runs— you know things will change, but you want to get your pitcher right. There is more uh, probability of hitting on pitching and less variance on pitching. So the way I'm looking at it right now, you know, we have this Sunday slate. We have seven games. We have heat to deal with. We have some good, uh, actually not ten games, sorry, in the in the FanDuel early slate. So we got a lot of games to look at. So I'm starting up top when I'm looking at pitching, and I see you know, my first decision that I need to make is Blake Snell versus James Paxton. Um, Looking at it from, you know, a perspective of lineups and, and, you know, which guy is facing the tougher lineup and the tougher park, you know, I give both of those to James Paxton. You know, and it's a $700 difference between Paxton to Snell on Fanduel. so my automatic, um, you know, decision right there is to go with Blake Snell. I know he hasn't been... You know, at the top of his game lately, he's coming off two back-to-back starts versus the Yankees, though, so you have to take that into account. And if you go back to his third start, he struck out 12 guys versus Texas at home. So, Mark, what's your feeling on Snell versus Paxton up top um, if you were to pay up? Well,
1: explain to me, why do you think that um, the lineup in the park are are advantageous for Paxton?
0: No, I'm saying the other way around. It's, oh, okay. it's, right. it's, it's better, you know, Tampa's a pitcher's park. It's in the dome. There's no heat. Um, the ball's kind of controlled at that point. And the White Sox are a weaker lineup than I have um, than the Rockies. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you know, I thought
1: you were saying the other way around. Yeah, I mean, it's the Rockies on the road. Um, they're not the same team on the road, nowhere even close. I mean, I watched the first couple innings of uh, – that game in New York yesterday, and they're not even the same team defensively then. So you have to like Paxton's spot. But my problem is there's going to be 110 heat indices in New York today. Um, Paxton is a born Canadian. He pitched most of his major league career in Seattle. He's never pitched in a condition like this, uh, I'm going to assume. Um, He is a professional pitcher. They will do their best to keep him Controlled and cool as much as you can, but if he gets into some heavy pitch counts early in the game, I could see him leaving after five or six. I mean, the Yankees have a ten game lead in the a l east They're gonna make the playoffs. They'll have home field advantage at least for the first round as well. There's really no need to to push Paxton to his limits on a day like today uh just a, a normal late July day. On the other hand, Blake Snell and the Rays, I think they're losers of four or five in a row. They're hanging, fighting tooth and nails for a playoff spot and a wild card spot. They need every win they can uh, g- desperately. They have a series upcoming against the Red Sox next week. I think they play the Red Sox uh, six out of nine games starting tomorrow. Um, so I like Snell's spot better, his weather better, his narratives better. Uh, and all in all, he's a better pick- pitcher than Paxton. He is more upside uh, in my opinion. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pencil in Snell first. I don't think the price difference makes that big of a difference to me.
0: I agree. So I think it's Snell at the top. The other guy that we'll talk about briefly um, is Lance Lynn. Every single slate he comes up, the question, you know, gets put out there. Can we, can, can we go with Lynn again? Can we go with Lynn again? He's got a tough matchup. Can we do it? Can we do it? And his price is at the top. But the guy is consistently, I'm, I'm trying to find a start that he's got less than 5Ks, but that would have to go all the way back to May 4th. And I look at a start to see, has there any been any starts that he's really got blown up? And outside of his last start, if you take that one out, um, since that May 4th start, he hasn't gotten less than 30 points outside of his last start, uh, which Arizona touched him up a little bit for five and runs, but he's still got 6Ks. Every other start is either in the high 30s but most of them are in their 40s to 50s to 60s. Um, and we say, okay, but he's facing the Astros. Um, he's faced the Astros twice in the last, you know, two months. He's, he's faced them about a week ago, and he went seven innings, zero earned runs at home in a in a worse park for pitching, and struck out 11 of these Astros. Same team. Um, he's going to be forgotten. I think, you know, people will probably gravitate towards snell or gravitate towards even paxton or you know drop down there's some good value plays that we're going to speak about shortly um uh, lance lynn you know nobody wants to play him because he's lance lynn but he just keeps on putting up these numbers i think he still has to be in a conversation will i take snell over lynn yes uh just due to the matchup uh, but i don't think you can just completely fade him and say no nah, i'm not pitching him because he's going against the astros what's your feel on lynn
1: yeah excellent point. I mean, we're far past a point where this guy has been fluky. uh You could say the same for his teammate Mike minor as well that he's a good pitcher right now, and it, yeah. and it you just can't ignore him and Houston uh is a deep and talented lineup, but people overrate um city uh minute Maid park there I think that's the name of it in Houston. It's really a pitcher's park, not a hitter hitters' park, and as you just said, he just did great. In a far worse environment for pitchers, so there's there's very little to not like about Lynn here. That's uh, I know a double negative, so I could say there's a lot to like about Lynn.
0: Yeah, so I think what you do, I think you go to Snell first. Uh, you go to Snell in your cash games, um, and then you you know you maybe get a couple shares for him of you know Lynn if you're playing tournaments. I don't think you just completely fade him off the board. Um, Mark, I got a question for you. So now. I factor in a lot of stuff when I'm looking at pitching. I'm looking at value. I try to see, okay, who's who's got the highest ceiling on the slate? So does Snell have a ceiling of 50? Does Paxton, have, Paxton and, and Lynn have a ceiling of 50? How far off will I be if they do what they're supposed to do and I drop down to a guy like Kyle Hendricks? Um, so I'm looking at Hendricks now as the next guy that has some you know, potential. And then I also see the wind. It looks like I'm no meteorologist, but you are. Um, and I see the wind blowing in 16 miles an hour. We got a Padres lineup that you know does more damage versus lefties. You got a pitcher that he can get through. What First talk about the wind here. Tell me about it. How serious is it? And then we can talk about Hendricks. He doesn't have the ceiling that these other two guys have, but he's got games in the 50s. So he might be an option here. And he, he went through a spell between, like, May 3rd and June 4th for a month that he was in the 40s and 50s. He lost his touch. Uh, maybe this all-star break, you know, he gets some work done because he comes off the break and, and drops 24 and 31. So, you know, maybe he gets it going again here. His ERA is 3.4. Um, he's averaging around 31 points a game. I wish his price was a little bit cheaper. You know, 8700 it's a kind of weird spot for him, but I think he's... You know he's somewhat safe to get you 30, uh, maybe 35 points. And then this wind is something to talk about. We might bump him up even more. So, talk about the wind here first.
1: Yeah, a cold front's gone by. We on the east coast, you are Jason, and I'm a little bit further inland. We're just baking in heat and humidity. The two games that will see the highest levels of heat and humidity are Baltimore and New York today, Cincinnati, too, to a lesser extent. Chicago is behind the front. They had been sweltering the last two days. You saw the ball carry very well in some high scores. The opposite uh, weather effect is now in place. The wind's in. Like you said, not overly strong, but the difference is that it's not overly strong out. It's, it's in. So Wrigley Field is the single biggest park when it comes to how weather affects it, both positively and negatively. And that's because... It's an old-fashioned park. It's not built up high. The wind is able to penetrate right to the ground level. And when it's hot and humid and the wind's blowing out, that is one of the smallest parks in baseball, probably besides Quartz Field. When it's cooler and the wind's blowing in, it's very difficult to hit a home run today. I wouldn't go to that extreme where it's cooler and the wind's blowing in really strong or cold, but it is a different environment than it was the last two days.
0: So for that reason, you know, I think Hendricks has been good. You have the the factor, you know, we haven't been talking about any NL matchups, but, you know, I always give NL pitchers a slight bump uh, just to do, due to the fact that they have a, a good chance of striking out their pitcher. Um, the only negative to that, if it's a close game in the fifth or sixth inning and their spot comes up in the lineup, you know, there is potential for a pinch hitter a little bit earlier. But I like this spot for a safe landing point of 35, 40 points, if that wind's a little bit heavier. Um, you know, maybe he has one of these bounce-back games. San Diego does not scare me too much. The wind definitely helps. So I like Hendricks in the, in a the spot for, you know, a safe 30. I will try to get up to Snell. I'll try to get that ceiling. But you know what? He He's an option um, that we have to definitely look at. Um, before we drop down to, like, the, the deep, deep value, I want to stay in this spot here. And I know Cincinnati is very hot. Um, I know we might have to talk about, you know, with pitchers, you really got to figure in, you know, weather as well, as far as rain goes, as far as delay goes. And Mark could talk about that. But we have a guy that is pitching in the pitcher's park. I'm leaning on staying away. There's too many signs here. Heat, um, hitter's park, possible rain, possible delay. Uh, The price is good, though. And the matchup is pretty good. Um, Jack Flaherty. You know he's been he's been pretty good all season long in in good matchups he's been great uh, he just came out of Pittsburgh or pitched at home versus Pittsburgh and dropped 46 40 versus the Giants um, so he's coming off two starts he has a ceiling where he can get those Ks up to five six seven eight in a game um, but this park kind of worries me he's dropped 43 versus Cincinnati at home it's just the park here it's the park factor the rain. And the fact that Cincinnati's been hitting a little bit better, that worries me here a little bit with Flaherty. Talk about the rain first, and then tell me what you think about, you know, weather and Flaherty combined in one.
1: Um, T-storms will pop up throughout the day, especially later in the afternoon. He looks probably pretty safe to 2 to 3 o'clock. I mean, I know that's a huge difference, that if rain gets there at 2 and his uh, start is rain shortened, that's a major problem from him. If the rain doesn't move into three or doesn't move in at all, then he is in a good spot. So the, the, the most I can say about that, there is some potential for some rain. But it's not a solid shield. It's not something that you can just see coming, and it's there. It's popping up. Um, on the other side, yeah, you mentioned the park. I was all over the reds yesterday. Nicholas is not a good pitcher on the road. He gets hit hard against lefties, and what did he do? Came out and pitched a really good game, and there was a total of five runs scored at Great American Ballpark after 23 runs were scored the night before. So that's how my DFS night went. Um, You may want to take that and say that the park bounces back and it plays normal and that Flaherty would not be in a good spot just because of how that ballpark plays when it's warm and humid. Um, But on the other hand, he has a ton of potential. He, he's been pitching well, like you said, um, better than what his record really indicates. And Cincinnati strikes out against Whitey's. So I see both sides of the argument here for Flaherty.
0: Yeah, I think if you want to get the safety, I would just go grab Hendricks. I think he's in a better spot. So I'm probably, I've been playing Flaherty a lot in, in good spots, but I don't think this is a great spot for him. Um, now we got to talk about a couple, I don't know what you want to call it, punt pitchers, YOLO pitchers. You know, deep value pitchers—they've been hitting a lot. And I, I got my eye on two of them, and I want to get your opinion on these two. So this is not something that you put in cash too often. Um, it worked last night with Acuña. It could work again um, here. The upside—I don't know how high it is, though. You know, so that's the part that worries me here because we have two guys. Um, first, let's talk about Marquez. Marquez's price has dropped dramatically. He's down to 6,400 on Fanduel. He's coming off a couple of bad starts here. He's not in his best form. Um, but the Yankees do strike out. You know, it's not like the Yankees aren't a team that strikes out. Um, we have the heat to deal with. You know, so that's something that's definitely, you know, not a positive in this situation. And we got the Yankees to deal with. So you have a hitter's park. You have the Yankees. You have extreme heat. Um, so it's a scary, scary proposition, but with these value plays and these punt pitchers, you're looking for somebody who can go in there and at least get some K's. Um, and Marquez has a 23% K rate. You know, the Yankees lineup has, you know, around a 20% K rate as well. So there is some, some reason to take him at this price, but it's definitely not going to be something you're going to want to watch on TV because, you know, they get one person on, and it's home run central across the board here with this lineup with Judge Hicks, Edwin Sanchez, Gregorias, you know, whoever else they, they tried out there today. Um, it, it's deadly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough play here. Do you like – can you see yourself playing Marquez for, you know, a shot in the dark GPP tournament, or you just staying away here?
1: Well, I'm playing almost exclusively Europe. I am exclusively on dk right now so i need a sp2 but looking at fanduel his price is 6400 some of the guys that are priced around him are wagas from toronto and agrazel from pittsburgh those are the two players he sandwiched around marquez came into the year as a Cy young candidate and Really, his blow up games have been in Colorado. He's always a different pitcher on the road as compared to at home. So, obviously, that works out for him today. His last start, where he gave up 11 runs and two and a third innings or two and two thirds innings, was when it was 95 degrees in the first game of a d- doubleheader in Colorado. Um, take that into factor, that will ruin his ERA for the rest of the year. It was two two thirds innings, 11 runs. Um, that being said, I mean, I've seen enough of this Yankee lineup just to know exactly what Aaron Boone was talking about when he <laughs> got thrown out on Thursday. They, Straight savages, I mean, huh? They, yeah, they just, <laughs> they just wear you out and make you work and continually put pressure on you one through nine. It, it, it's a scary, scary lineup to navigate through. Yeah, they're going to strike out, but you know what they're going to strike out on? They're going to strike out on seven, eight, nine pitch at bats. And in a 110 degree heat indices, that's exactly what you don't want. What you want is second pitch ground balls to shortstop to get quick innings and get back into the dugout and get some water. But I don't see that happening. I'm not going to touch Marquez even at 6,400.
0: So this is the guy I think is the most interesting. I just mentioned Marquez because I just wanted to talk about him a little bit. But. You know, here's a guy I think is the most interesting. Um, Dylan sees, like you said, Tampa Bay's kind of, you know, falling off a little bit, um, not been, you know, doing so great. They're off a, on a little slide here. The lineup kind of has mellowed out. You know, they've been tearing pitches up, you know, all season long, winning a lot of people money in DFS. But I think the tables are starting to turn. And this guy sees, you know, he has two starts this year, prospect, um, seven in his last start, strikeouts wise, six in the start before. You know, ERA is not great, but you know he's faced Kansas City and Detroit, not great. You know, hitting lineups either. So he's a you know a risky play, but you know facing these Rays in Tampa versus facing the the Yankees in New York and the Heat. You know, I like C's. You know, in this matchup, I think if I went down and had to find. A value play, you know, on FanDuel, and I wanted to, you know, stack these big lineups, and I needed the 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 value pitcher there. You know, it's a it's a short sample size, but he's got a 25% K rate right now. Um, the Tampa Bay batters, you know, only around a 20% K rate in their lineup that's projected right now. So there there's a chance here if you can just get around guys like Lowe and Meadows and, and Choi, you know. We're not really worried about everybody in this lineup. I know they've been hot lately, but I think this is the guy you want to target um, if you want to go down to this value level. I think he's the safest of the bunch um, down here. What's your thoughts on C's?
1: I, I like your thinking there. He's a he's a top-level prospect. I believe he was the number 12 or 17 prospect coming into uh, the season in all of Major League Baseball, so the pedigree is there. He's getting his feet wet. That White Sox have nothing to lose. You might as well see how he can do. And, yeah, Tampa Bay just hasn't been hitting. They scored a grand total of one run last night in 11 innings. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you here. How about um, you haven't talked about Pineda at all? Is he too expensive for you?
0: Yeah, just, you know, Oakland's starting to hit again a little bit. He's 8,400, you know. He's just in a weird spot. If he was in that 6,000 range or under 7,000 or maybe 7,200, somewhere in that range, I would like him a lot more. But for the fact that, you know, he's not gonna—he's coming in as a dog, you know, it looks like he's not going to be favored in a game. Um, or, no, he is favored, sorry. You know, I'm seeing mixed reports here. Yeah, he's favored in a game, but it looks like Oakland's, you know, projected to score five runs here. So it's a weird spot to take a guy at 8.5 that, you know, it's projected to give up five runs as well. So, I don't dislike him. I know we talk about Panetti a lot. But in this matchup, you got to deal with, you know, Olsen. And, and Oakland started hitting a little bit better. Their the lineup's getting a little bit stronger now. So, I can see him doing well. I can see him going out there and grabbing 30. If he gets a quality start and a win, I think he hits value. But if he doesn't get those two things, I think, you know, it's going to be, you know, a tougher outing. Because he's going he's gonna to let up a couple runs here versus Oakland, I feel like. Um, so I don't hate the play, but I think in that same range, I'd probably take the wind and, uh, Hendricks, um, for a couple of dollars more for $300 more on, on FanDuel at least. So I don't, I don't hate the play, um, but I'm not in love with the play either. So it's, it's a tough call for me. You like Hendricks or Pineda? I'm sure up.
1: Pineda. I think he is higher upside. He's had quality starts in four of his last five starts. Strikes out more batters than Hendricks does. Um, I like Pineda, and the price really doesn't matter to me there. How about another pitcher in that price range? Kastner, going against his own team. Uh, any interest there, or is this the heat and humidity ballpark kind of scare you off?
0: Um, it's 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 a. I think it goes. I don't know. I'm gonna stay away. You know, I'd rather take the hitters from this game. You know, he's 7900. You know, I'm sure on both sides there's going to be some narratives, you know, from, you know, him pitching against his old team in the heat in Baltimore, you know, who knows what was said. I'm sure some hitters, you know, have good scouting reports on him. Um, I'm going to stay away. You know, I don't think it's it's a, a spot to target here, you know, so early after, you know, what happened. So I'm going to stay away from it. I want to grab my bats from this game more than anything else, so. I'm staying away, that's but let's a, get in. Let's get into the, you want to say me, something about him?
1: Yeah. Let me, that's a great point you made about the scouting reports. I wonder, I mean, I wonder if you had a professional baseball player, even a, a one that reached the minors. If you have a guy that was on your team, then you face him. I wonder how much you really know him because most of the time you've never batted against him. And that would be most of the Orioles lineup. Uh, also, when you're scouting, you're usually scouting your opposing pitcher. You're not really scouting your own pitcher. Um, you, so I wonder how much, like, uh, paying attention the Orioles batters would do to Cashner when he was pitching for them.
0: I think they've seen him a lot, though. I think they've seen him. I think the catcher definitely knows his, his stuff for sure. So the catcher, the pitching, you know, the pitching staff knows him. The catcher knows him. The, the pitching coaches know him. You know, they've watched him pitch over and over again, so they know his tendencies – I'm staying away. This is a lineup I like to target, but the Heat, you know, you see that what they've done already this this the series to them. So I'm staying away. But let's get into hitters here because I think you know it's a good segue because Wojaszkiewicz pitching, you know, he's been striking people out, but he's also been doing a lot of other things bad. And you know, we saw what Boston did, you know, on Saturday night, and I think the same thing happens here um, again. It's just, you know, Boston's lineup and these deep lineups. Like last night, I stacked uh, Betts, Devers, Martinez, and and Attendee in some lineups. I had Boston stacks everywhere, but unfortunately for me, I did not have Bradley in these Boston stacks. And that's the guy you really needed to have to get that big money. So, you know, it's, it's a tough decision again. Do You gravitate towards the lefties here. And I think you lock Devers no matter what. You know, I just think... Guy's been super consistent. That's the first Boston bat I want in my lineup here. Um, outside of that, you know, you want to get probably Betts and Martinez in, in the lineup here. So, you know Boston well. I know that you're a team. Yeah. If you look at pitch type, it looks like Betts, Martinez, and, you know, Bogarts, you know, hit hit his pitch type pretty well here. Um, the fourth guy is going to be, you know – decision maker. Do you want to grab Bogarts? Do you want to grab Ben Or do you want to grab some value and grab either Holt or, or Jackie Bradley here? Um, do you have any
1: insight here on, on your Boston Bats that you really like? I think I'm going to go Bradley, number one. A tremendously streaky hitter. Probably the streakiest hitter in all of Major League Baseball. When he gets going, he generally has a four- to five-day window with a baseball. It looks like a beach ball and he looks like one of the best offensive players in all of baseball. Uh, Then for the rest of the three weeks of the the month, he hits about a buck 50 and is known for his best defense in all of baseball. And that's why he's in the lineup. Uh, Yeah. Just with the savings, I'm going there to see what he did last night. He looks to be locked in. Um, Devers is probably number two. Like you said, surprising to say almost in August that he's been by far the Red Sox best player this year, but he has been. And, He's just 22 years old and looks like a stud um, to be able to try to keep up with some of the Yankees bats for the next five to ten years in Boston. And then, yeah, I think you got to go Betts. Betts historically does great at Camden Yards. We saw him hit a home run last night, um, and then Martinez after that. Though, right, like you said, you can't argue against Bogarts and Holt either. Um, also, this being a Sunday, Sunday generally you see the backup catcher play a lot. Um, across Major League Baseball, So look for Sandy Leone to be in there. If he is, he hit a home run. And I think it was Friday or last night. Yeah,
0: he hit last night off the bench. Uh, I'm yeah. like, so he could use that for one of my right guys.
1: Lineup as well. So
0: look. Yeah, that. so I think I think Boston's in the best spot on the board. Um, you know, as far as the heat goes, as far as them, you know, tearing up this this Baltimore bullpen. You know, Walter Housley hasn't been that bad, though. You know, so he's he's been serviceable for the first four or five innings. Not really blown up. He's got the K rate. So there there might be some reasons to fade here, but you know, I think they come in as the top stack of the slate, you know. And then, you know, dropping down from them, we got some decisions to make. You know, there's some, some spots that look pretty good, and there's some spots that, you know, we can attack here. And as far as your second stack goes, I know you mentioned to me prior to the show, you kind of like these Blue Jays. So tell me about the Blue Jays. What, what attracted you to the Blue Jays?
1: Well, I mean, just look what they did the last two nights. Uh, Vlad Guerrero really looks like he's coming around. Hit a nice grand slam to almost dead center field yesterday. Uh, that was a moonshot. Just looking more comfortable at the plate. They get a lefty today. They generally do better against lefties, so you get all the platoon advantages of Teoscar Hernandez, Luriel's Guerrillo, uh, Vlad, um, Danny Jansen, players like that. Um, up and down the lineup, you generally get Randall Gricek, uh, some platoon splits. So Detroit's just battered in terms of their bullpen and their starting pitching, and it seems like the Blue Jays are taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah, so like you mentioned, um, Guriel you know, was probably in a good spot. Guerrero's in a good spot. Um, Hernandez is, you know, he's serviceable here. Get some value out of him. Um, but he's, you know, he's been hitting down in the lineup here. So um, what do we know about this guy, Alexander? Is this guy that, you know, we're just going to attack from both sides of the plate? Or, you know, do you see only righties here, the guys you want? What's your, what's your thoughts on attacking this guy? Or are we just, you know, predicting to get into the bullpen and this guy's only going to be around for a couple innings here?
1: I think ignoring both sides of the plate would be a mistake. I don't think we know anything about this Alexander guy, really. Um, So
0: his major league debut um, last week, I think, he got in there uh, for a doubleheader. So, yeah, there's not not really much to go by on this guy. You know, there's not really much that we know.
1: Well, according to uh, DK and their write-up of him, he's 25 years old. He has a 5.72 ERA and a 1.45 whip in 85 innings for, at AAA level. Uh, he has struck out more than a batter in inning at 94 strikeouts to 85 innings. But, I mean, that ERA and whip tells me at AAA that he's struggling. There's probably no reason to believe that he wouldn't struggle at the major league level as well.
0: Yeah, so I, I, like you said, I think Guerrero comes in as a great one-off. Uh, he has been hitting better. A great one-off here. Um, a great spot to potentially get a low, lower-owned stack of Toronto here with a couple of the bats in the outfield. Um, you're missing a, a platoon advantage with a guy like Vigio. But like we said, he might, he might not be in the game for long. So, you know, playing guys who hit from the left side, even a guy like Sogard or Smoke's a switch hitter, but he hits better from the left side. So grabbing these guys that, you know, you you might think not to play him because the platoon, if this guy's not in the game past three or four innings, um, it's not something we really have to worry about too much. What do you you see here with the weather? Is there any kind of postponement risk, or is it just, you know, showers in the area?
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like a big risk, and it is – much like Chicago, it is cooler and, and uh, just cooler than it has been the last couple of days. So the ball probably won't carry quite as well.
0: Okay. Um, another game that we want to target some bats from possibly, you know, these Indians are a team that is really tough to, to nail down. You know, they've been in smashed spots a lot this year and let us down. And then, you know, once at every 10 to 12 games, they just their real lineup shows up and they, they get to pitchers. Um, Sparkman's coming off his best spark, his best start of his career um, in his last start. But the matchup was definitely different. You know, going against the White Sox, he pitched a complete game and dropped 61 points. Um, but outside of that start, he's been, you know, roughed around a little bit. You know, at Cleveland. He's coming off a start where he only got 11 points, lasted five and two-thirds. Um, Indians are in a spot here. Is weather more of a concern in this game, or is it just, again, shower, shower, shower?
1: Yeah, that's all it is. Not, it's not a postponement threat. Certainly could be a delay threat. But, yeah, I mean, it's, the, the Pittsburgh, the Cleveland area isn't as cool as it is in Chicago, but it's transitioning. It won't be as hot as it was yesterday.
0: Yeah, so I think guys like so, you know, looking at this lineup, uh, I'm going to attack Sparkman, you know, as much as I can from the platoon advantage here. And I think, you know, Lindor is starting to heat up a lot. You know, he's been doing a lot better as of late. He's a guy that you want to attack here. You know, Sparkman still has an XFIP of over five. His K rate is 13%. So there's guys here that should be able to do some damage here. Lindor will be my top guy of a Cleveland stack here. I would like to pair him most likely with Santana here. You know, guys who have power, guys can do, you know, multiple things here. And then see if I can maybe grab some value. Because if I'm going to go on the limb with a Cleveland stack here, you know, I want to try to grab some value. So a guy like Jacob Bowers would be one of the first guys I gravitate to. You know, Mercado has been hitting a lot better. So maybe Mercado would round out that stack. Or if you want to play the, the chalk of the Cleveland stack, You just go Lindor, Kipnis, Ramirez, and probably Bowers. Um, You get all the platoon splits there. You get a lot of switch hitters. You get people towards the top of the lineup. Um, And, you know, outside of Ramirez, Bowers is cheap. Kipnis is cheap. Um, The guys you'd be paying up for, though, would be either Ramirez, Santana, or Lindor. I think they're all in play here. They're, you know, they're guys that you, you want to attack with. But you know we gotta see if there's better spots here. How do you feel about a, a Cleveland stack overall?
1: Haven't really looked at that game. wasn't one I was gonna target. I mean, just because of how good Sparkman it was his last start, but that that's recency bias, and that can really burn you. And I've learned that for the last two days. So I'm not gonna disagree with you here. But I just thought there was uh, bats in better spots.
0: Okay. So tell me about tell me about a better spot here. So you we talked about Boston. We're looking for other stacks, and you know the reason why we stack games just to kind of give everybody, you know, a heads up. What stacking does, it it gives you, it gives you potential to really take advantage of the full aspect of a, a game theory behind baseball, which is, you know, a guy gets on base, and then another guy gets on base, and then another guy hits a home run, and then you get the runs and the the RBIs compounding, and then you get the the extra effect of Let's get into this weaker bullpen early and let's get more bats. So that's why we like to stack. So if you stacked Boston yesterday, you got some extra bats from all your players. You got to take advantage of the Baltimore bullpen, which is weak. Um, and all these things started compounding where three run home runs, two run home runs, glaring slams, and all these things start compounding where, you know, when you hit one home run, you're getting runs and RBIs and more bats for everybody in the lineup. So that's why we start looking at offenses from a stack perspective and Mark, you know, outside of, you know, I, I mentioned Boston, you mentioned Toronto. I brought up Cleveland. Where are we looking at next? You know, there's not too many games here. So where are we looking at next for these possible stacks?
1: How about the Cubbies? Um, we got a rookie lefty going in Wrigley field. That's always a tough task against the Cubbies team. That's really running hot. And I think people are going to overblow the weather. I see. Um, our guy MLB moving average in our chat room talking about how the over under is only eight and a half at Wrigley. Um, and he's like, that seems ridiculously low considering a rookie lefty that you really don't know anything about going for the Padres. And let me see what DK is written up against this guy about this guy, if at all, I don't, I don't even lift him as a starter. I think it's undetermined, but yeah, why not? I mean, there's probably not going to be four or five home runs hit, but can the Cubs string together a whole bunch of hits and, and doubles and and get into that bullpen early? Why not?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the weather concerns me a little bit, you know, I know it it definitely had, it throws a wrench into the situation. If the wind was neutral or blowing out, you know, I think that would push the Cubbies up a lot more. Um, But I think they go under own because of that. You know, I think, because of the situation, you know, they're going to go on their own here. So it might be a spot where we can look to attack them, you know. So guys I would want from this side of the, of the, of the lineup, but I would go with the power bats. You know, I would go with Bryant, Baez. You know, those would be like the two first guys I locked in. And maybe if we don't go for a full stack, you know, because the weather kind of scares us off a little bit, or at least scares me off a little bit, maybe go with a, a mini stack of just, you know, Bryant, and Baez and they'll be under own because people will be on Bogart's endeavors or people will be on, you know, uh, Guerrero and other spots here. So, you know, maybe we stay away from a full stack here and just grab, you know, a couple of these bats to kind of work in to our lineup. So I like that. Now let's talk about, you know, a game that is probably going to be overlooked as well. I think so. Um, Cause nobody really likes playing, you know, Guys on the Pirates. They're not a sexy name. We have the Pirates versus the Phillies. I'm seeing reports that Drew Smiley is going to be pitching for the Phillies versus Aguizal of the Pirates. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Um, It looks like weather might be more of a concern here. I'll let you speak on that. And um, two guys that are, you know, not really good pitchers, you know. So this is a spot here. I don't know. I don't know if I... I really want the, the Phillies here, but maybe I can get on, you know, some, some pirates here. So tell me about the weather and tell me what you're thinking about this game. Can you, maybe just a one-off like Starling Marte, um, Josh Bell is, is still a monster. He can hit, you know, from both sides of the plate, you know, maybe we get some value out of these pirates bats when we see the lineup. What do you think about the pirates or the Phillies?
1: Um, weather is certainly a factor. I'm just looking at some newest data. That's where the front, will be that separates the cooler air from Detroit and Chicago from the blistering heat of Boston and Balt- uh, Baltimore and New York, excuse me. And um, so that there will be thunderstorms around. Uh, just looking at some of this new data, I, I don't think I can completely rule out a postponement here, but more likely than not, they start the game and thus are able to make it official. But certainly delay will be a, a threat here. Um, in terms of the heat, not nearly as hot just because of the cloud cover and the rain around as it has been, but certainly very humid and uh uncomfortable in that regard. Um, in terms of stacking the, the pirates, I think you're gonna have a tough, tough time finding a worst hitting team since the all star break than the pirates. They are notorious from their, their post all stars being swoon. I live in a, a family that's. Full of Pirates here in central Pennsylvania. And th- that has lived up 110% right now. Um, I know they pulled out a victory last night, but I believe that was their first one since the all-star break. And they just don't look like the team that was mashing right-handers coming into the all-star break. Josh Bell had been ice cold.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's you know, Vegas got these guys scoring runs. You know, we just don't know where it's coming from. You know, they got this game as, you know, one of the higher scoring games due to the pitching, but we just don't know where to really attack. So I I think it's going to go extremely on their own. We have some weather to deal with, you know, but I think a one-off like Marte um, makes sense for me. You know, I think, you know, maybe grabbing a bat like Newman or they throw a guy like Ozuna in this lineup, you know, maybe a good one-off, you know, would make sense. Um, Another team that I think, you know, will get slept on, like they always do are the twins here. So I think the twins can be a spot to attack. Um, There's some cheaper bats here. Uh, Megden has been good. Not great, obviously, you know, so I think the twins will be a nice soft landing spot um, for, you know, for some value, maybe for a full game stack, maybe grab a guy like Jason Castro that nobody will have, or Marvin Gonzalez, cheap, Max Kepler, Polanco, Sano's been heating up, you know, Ariz has been, you know, doing what he needs to do. Um, this is a lineup that can, you know, blow up pitching. And I think, you know, it's it's kind of hot for Minnesota. It's going to be in the 80s there. I think Minnesota comes in as probably one of the best stacks here because we can attack here. So can you get behind a, a Minnesota stack here?
1: Yeah, um, not a full stack. I, I like some batters. I like Mitch Garver a lot. He hit a leadoff home run yesterday, probably hitting leadoff again today against a right-hander. You don't often see a, a catcher batting leadoff, but he's been fantastic this year against right-handed pitching. So you got to like that. I will, uh, hot is an overstatement. It's dry, and it will be near 80. So you can't compare this weather to anything that's in Pittsburgh or Baltimore or New York at all. Um, but the ball should still carry pretty well. But just it's not the same conditions that it is further east.
0: Yeah, I think you can grab, if you want to go like a power lineup, you can grab a Garver, Cruz, and maybe get Sano and Gonzalez for cheap or Kepler. You know, I think there, there's a spot here for a full stack. I, I, I'm going to bump the Twins up as, you know, one of my top stacks. I don't know if I'm going to put them in my cheat sheet you know, in the top three, but I think they're pretty close. You know, it's a a good matchup for pitching. You know, not the best park, of course. Vegas got them coming in at 5.6 runs. I think they have a pretty stacked lineup. I think they're starting to heat up again. So, it's a lineup that I think we can attack here uh, against Megden and hopefully get into some bullpen and, you know, make some way here. So, um, now, you know, the the tough game to peg for me, which I want to play, but you know, both the pitchers are, are fairly good here. Um the Cardinals and Reds. You know, this is a, this has been the shootout series, you know, over the weekend. And we have cheap bats like Winker, we have cheap bats even like Vado, um, Suarez, Puig, this new guy Van Van Meter, who hit a home run last night at two point two. You know, there's bats here that we can grab Scooter Jeanette. Everybody in his lineup in the in his lineups out already, he's one of the first lineups out. Everybody in the top six in his lineup is under 3.5. So if you want a top end pitcher like a Snell or a Lynn or a Paxton, whoever you want to get at the top, you can get a nice red stack for cheap. And on the back side of things, Edmond's cheap, Jose Martinez is cheap, Goldschmidt is cheap. It's the same thing on the back side of things. So like if you want to grab cheap bats and you want good weather, 91 degrees, 61% humidity, bullpens that have been beaten up over the last couple of days this is a game that vegas has as a, as a lower scoring game but it's because of the starting pitching because the starter pitch has been good but we factor in that weather um we might have a different story here so do you can you get behind you know this as a, a maybe a, i don't know if it's sneaky but maybe it's a stack that we can attack
1: it's all about whether you believe jack Flaherty or not if you think jack Flaherty is the real deal and He's going to deal a good game. Then obviously you don't want to touch any Cincinnati bats, and he has that potential. If you're not a Jack Flaherty fan, or you think that the ballpark's going to play really small, load up on Cincinnati bats. As I said last night, they really disappointed with only five total runs scored between the two teams um, after 23 the night before. So where do you think that game falls? Is it closer to 23 runs scored or five runs scored? If you think it's 23 then bats are in play. If not, go with Flaherty.
0: Yeah, I think if I was going to attack, I like the Cardinals better. I think Flaherty is a better pitcher than Di So if I was to attack, I like some of these Cardinals bats. They they come in really cheap. Um, they come in pretty hot. I know they slowed down a little bit, you know, last night. But, you know, I think there's there's spots where you can grab guys that make sense. I think... Goldschmidt makes sense at first base as a good value play, a great value play. He's got the ceiling. You know, it's a good game for him. I think Tyler O'Neill. They don't want to raise his price on Fanduel either. Jose Martinez, um, Dexter Fowler. These are all guys that make a lot of sense to me. You know, even if I grab a guy like Colton Wong, you know, for a value play at second base, that makes sense for me. Um, so there's a there's a lot of spots. To look at in this game so as far as pricing goes if i go with an expensive you know pitcher like snell i'm probably going to load up on this game you know from a value perspective because i just you know from from value from a value side side of things you know i can grab everybody i want in this in this cardinals lineup for cheap there's not anybody that i'm really gonna pay up for which you know puts me in a bad spot so i like this game you know from a stack perspective and I think it's going to be somewhat sneaky, but I like it. Um, outside of that, we got to talk about the Yankees. You know, they are the Yankees, and we kind of just slept on them. They're projected to score six runs. Marquez has been, you know, bad as of late. You know, if we were to attack these Yankees, we don't really have anybody with a platoon, you know, advantage here, and that's going to scare some people off. But Edwin hits as well. Um, Marquez is a tough cookie, but, you know, torres makes sense at second base i think dd if you want to grab a little bit of value he's been cold but you know i would stick to judge um aaron hicks you know maybe grab a guy like uh brett Gardner. try to be sneaky with some platoon advantages here how do you feel about taking these yankees
1: well some interesting news brett gardner was just scratched out of the nine hole so you'll have to see who they uh put in there. They just announced their new lineup, so it's Tauchman. So if you want to go for some potential like wraparound savings, like go with Taurus, Talkman, LeMahieu, Judge right there would be a, a good eight through two. Um Hicks bat in third, uh Income at the cleanup spot. Sanchez at catcher, Gregorius at shortstop. I mean, as I said before, and I've done my best to not use Yankees bats as much as I can this year. And that's more my Red Sox fandom than anything, though, they're priced up. I mean, it may just be time for me to just stop hitting my head against the wall and just use Yankees bats. I did do that Friday night, and through, like, the first three innings, I was like, oh, my gosh. Of course the game I use Yankee bats. They're not going to do anything. And then uh, one through four – I think, no, I think it was two through four get ahead, get on base and try to – in front of Encarnacion and he hits the grand slam. Later in the game, Judge hits a two-run homer. That team is just so deep. It's hard to ignore their bats uh, in any game, in any slate, against any pitcher, honestly. Um, yeah, uh,
0: and, uh, you know, yeah. you factor you factor in the heat now, too. You factor in, the course, bullpen has probably been, you know, somewhat used in the series.
1: It's and Vegas hella. saying
0: six runs, you know. So, you, you, you can't ignore them. You really can't. You know, I'm going to try my best to ignore him because I, I like Marquez as a pitcher, you know, overall, not on this slate so much. But overall, I think he's better than his ERA shows. Um, so I, I like, you know, I like him, you know, as as a pitcher. So I'm going to try to stay away. I'm going to try my best to stay away from him. But, you know, they're they're a good team man. they're they're going to be in this playoff contention. If their pitching holds up, they, they might make it to the World Series as well. It's going to be an interesting rest of the season between them, Boston, the Astros, you know, a couple other squads out there, but they have a really deep, 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 deep lineup. So, you know, that makes things difficult for any pitcher. So I think they make sense too. Um, Do we talk about the Rangers or the Astros? Do you see a play there or is it more of a one-off, you know, maybe grabbing a one-off like Brantley or Alvarez or grabbing a one-off like Joey Gallo Do we know much about this Armenteros guy? Um, Do you know anything about him? I know he's pitched a couple times, two innings here, three. What was that?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're cutting up a little bit, Mark. So I don't know. I don't think the Astros are, are, are game to stack, and the Rangers haven't been doing much either. But I think Gallo could be sneaky. I think, you know, if you want to grab a guy like Chu or Mazzara. Makes some sense, but you know, they haven't really been doing much. But this might be a good time to grab these these uh Ranger bats and have very, very, very low ownership. So I think Gallo could be sneaky. So I'm gonna throw him on my cheat sheet, you know, as a a value type of or you know, a, a value type of play. I don't think I'm gonna try to force him in, but as a one off, I think he makes sense, you know, just for his home run home run potential. So, uh,
1: yeah. yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I mean, anytime you look into a GPP, you try to get different um, low ownership in good spots. And, and you can certainly say that about Texas and, and Gallo in particular.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, that kind of rounds it out. You know, we're, we're talking stacks. We're talking about, you know, winning some GPPs here. You know, Tampa Bay would be another option. You know, they're they're forgotten on every slate. They're a little bit colder as of late. Um, we have, you know, a rookie pitcher going in there. You got guys like Troy, cheap. You got Meadows, who's in a good spot versus anybody. Nate Lowe has been on fire, you know, or was on fire. He's starting to cool off a little bit. You know, I think people will gravitate towards C's here uh, just because he's a top prospect. But, you know, you're talking about a rookie now. You know, a rookie with talent is a great thing to have. But at the same time, you got to be careful with this dude. You know, he can get blown up at any time. So I think a guy like Austin Meadows, I think a guy like Lowe, you know, they're in great spots here. So I think, you know, there's reason to, to go grab them here and, and get them at low ownership and, you know, put yourself in a position to, to win a GPP. And I think, you know, these Tampa bats will do you that as well. So, like I said, Lowe is cheap, you know, for first base, you know, position. Uh, Troy is cheap, you know. So I'm going to list them on my on my cheat sheet you know, my cheat sheet that me and Wes have been doing pretty much every single day um, for the past two or three weeks. If we just, if you just put all these names into a pool and, you know, basically pick your players strictly off this list, you'd be in a, in a great position if you got the right combos, right? Because, you know, the combos are tough. You know, it's, you, you might have a lot of it, right? But, you know, if a couple of guys are off, you know, it's going to be tough as well. So, you know, but check check the cheat sheet. We try to put it up a couple hours before lock. You know, when we start seeing these lineups come in, some days we try to put it up as early as possible. So it's there for you, you know, to use to take advantage of. Mark, check it out. You know, it's definitely out there to help everybody out. Um, tonight's a it's a it's a little bit of a tough slate with you know a lot of good pitches going, a mediocre pitchers going. So you know, we're not going to list as many people on there as normal, but. You know, we usually go two, three, four deep, even at, at value position. So at the end of the day, there'll be like 50 guys to really narrow your pool down and really pick your bats from. So, you know, that's it for today's podcast. We've gave you a lot of great knowledge. So we want you to, you know, check out the website, windailysports.com, you know, sign up for a gold membership so you can access to people like myself and Mark and Slack. And we're going over not only DFS plays, but we're doing sports betting. We're doing prop plays. We're betting on pretty much every sport, and it's not just baseball, too. We, we're talking golf, WNBA, NASCAR, um, soccer, every sport that's out there, boxing. We're talking about it all, you know, in our Slack channel as well. So check it out. Everybody have a good finish to your weekend, and have a great Sunday.